You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-280-1876. That's 800-280-1876. The thoughts and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program's participants and do not necessarily represent those of station staff, management, and advertisers. They were there when history was made. Tour is a storyteller. Welcome to the Sports Rackham Tour. And with two out, you talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! The Sports Rackham Tours dusts off the great American art of storytelling. From the players, coaches, media, the people who were there. Smith corks one in the right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. It's a home run. Go crazy. Now, here's Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Sports Rockin' Tours, a show that presents the observations, recollections, and memories of a select group of storytellers who represent the past half century or so of American sports. Last week, you met Nancy Finley, the niece of Charles O'Finley and daughter of Carl Finley, who led their team, the Oakland A's, to three consecutive world championships. And then, thanks in part to free agency, the dynasty crumbled. It was time to sell, but how? The team was merely a fraction of what it once was, and it was drawing tiny crowds. And then Carl Finley came up with a brainstorm, and it worked. Nancy will explain it all in just a few moments. Later in the show, you'll meet the fine writer Sal Mayorana, who drops by to discuss one of my favorite subjects, the American Football League. Then it all kind of falls apart, and it falls apart because free agency comes Mm -hmm. in. So what Mm -hmm. was the plan? Because I remember... um, to his dying day, Charlie Finley said, no, he wasn't trying to just have a uh, kind of a, a fire sale. He really felt that he could take that money mm-hmm. and rebuild this thing again. Mm-hmm. And he did have a history, you know, he and uh, your dad, of building a team we did. from scratch. Now, see, here's the, here's the ironic thing. I looked at our roster from 77 to 80, and dad actually had a big role in that rebuilding. Dad and Charlie agreed to rebuild the team in late 76, but not let the media know so they wouldn't be under a microscope. So dad, I see these names, dad's working to rebuild the team. 
And what happens is we're sued in 79 when the season starts. We're sued by the city of Oakland and county of Alameda. And it's, it's a frivolous suit. One of the causes of action is that our players aren't up to MLB standards. What? Ricky Henderson was on that roster. And I remember dad saying, how can a city and county determine that? So dad thought the commissioner was involved in some way because it was filed in federal court. So because of this lawsuit, dad was warned by some Bay Area friends that there was so much hatred against Finley that it may not be safe to stick around much longer. So that's when dad talked to Charlie that they had to sell the team. And dad is who hired, arranged to hire Billy Martin at the owner's meeting, Kansas City, December 79. I'm sorry. It, yeah, 79. Dad brought Billy in. Charlie couldn't have because they didn't really get along that well. <laughs> so dad arranged for it. And I remember dad told Charlie, stay out of it. If you see Billy doing something, just, you know, don't say anything. Cause a lot of people don't realize that. Billy did things in 80 that Charlie would have jumped on. You know, but he and, didn't. And your dad was brilliant because that suddenly made the, the, the team yeah. marketable to sell. I mean, it That's was all why. Billy Martin. Mm-hmm. And, and what a mm-hmm. great idea. Of, if there was mm-hmm. any guy in baseball at the time that could right. take a team and get them to start winning and changing, it was Billy Martin. He had mm-hmm. done it every other place he had been. Up That's right. Then. That's right. And, and uh, some books say that Billy um, made us great, but he didn't. We, our roster, if you look at our roster, we were the same. We were coming up. We were being rebuilt. Billy helped bring everything together. Now, Billy made some players mad, but Billy coming on, I think they, we were ready, and Dad brought him in to make the team, you know, go up, give the team, team more capital and uh, worth more, and Dad's the one who found the local owners through his friend Cornell Meyer, who was CEO of Kaiser at the time. Dad called Mr. Meyer to ask if he knew of any local companies who might be interested. So um, I remember when the Haas family um, came out to the Coliseum and we started socializing because they wanted to get to know how things were. And it was interesting because that team was run by that time by dad. Dad knew where everything was. Um, if they had come out, you know, during the World Series, we would have had a bigger staff. But at that time, it, dad was starting to um, clean out as it was and figured that, well, if we don't find an owner here, then we know we can go elsewhere. But dad was starting to pack things up and get ready. So it was dad knew where everything was. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so yeah, so they they asked Dad to stay as a VP and mentor, and Dad took them. He went to the owners' meetings with them and showed them how things were run. But he knew where everything was there. Yeah, and I mean, he was doing everything, and, and it, it was really mm-hmm. fascinating to watch. Uh, because yeah, I I actually remember all that, and I, I remember your dad sitting in there when uh, they had the big uh, <laughs> sale and stuff, and. Yeah, you know, he pulled off a miracle because two years before that, you could never have sold him. I, I don't think to the, to know, the Levi family. <laughs> you know? Oh, I know, I know. It was it looked. Oh my gosh! In fact, um, I remember hearing 
that Roy Eisenhart was surprised that we had the three trophies on a desk. The truth is, Dad had asked for, uh, had said, let's put these trophies out um, to show, you know, what we accomplished. But, but looking back on it, I guess they were expected to be in a glass case or something because we had had them underneath in the Coliseum because we knew that they were going to switch hands. But we didn't have a glass case at that time for them. So it was um, the way we did things so quickly. Um, it was sort of like staging for an open house. But you don't put everything into it because you don't have everything there. So you just put some plants out and whatever. Um, but it it didn't present the greatest. But yet you see these trophies. You know what we've accomplished now, one thing that happened, we, we didn't even expect. It was a surprise. Okay, we sell the team. Dad's there as VP. What happens? We make it to the 81 playoffs with that same team that we put together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was, uh, that was unexpected. I mean, I remember watching that, being there, and being displeased with some uh, decisions Billy Martin made and feeling like I could go down there and run it better. (laughs) But Charlie wasn't there. Dad was in the press box. I know Charlie was feeling sick about it, but we didn't think we, we really made a winning team so fast, but we did. More with Nancy Finley, author of Finley Ball, How Two Baseball Outsiders Turned the Oakland A's into a Dynasty and Changed the Game Forever in just a moment. Have you been Portnoyed yet? Well, you should be. What does that actually mean, Neil Portnoy? You send me a photograph, and I do a realistic cartoon caricature. Realistic looks just like you. And then I cartoon the body. And you then become part of the Portnoyed Wall of Honor here at Portnoy Gallery which now, since its inception in 2017, has got over 60 members on the wall. It's the new Sardis of Las Vegas. Absolutely. Our own John, the announcer, is there. How do we get information we want to get Portnoy? Uh, You can call the gallery at 702-685-2929 or on social media, Facebook, Portnoy Gallery, artist Neil Portnoy, Neil Portnoy, idrawpeople.com, and probably about six other places that, at my age, memory is the second thing that goes. Remember, all of our interviews can be found on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Sports Rock and Tours with Stephen Manchi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. 
training.epsilonxr.com. Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home. And I've got just the place to help you do that. The place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads has over 35 years of experience buying collections of sports cards, memorabilia, bobbleheads, toys, action figures, comic books, Hot Wheels, Star Wars, movie posters, and more. If you've collected it, there's a good chance they'll buy it. No collections are too large or too small. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180 or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is 310-534-4180. That's 310-534-4180. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, 310-534-4180. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was gonna do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. Just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or Medicare, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-437-1424-800-437-1424-800-437-1424. That's 800-437-1424. Now, let's return to Sports Rock'em Tours. On Talk Media Network, here is Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Nancy Finley, who is the niece of former A's owner Charlie Finley and daughter of Carl Finley. She now works with the A's as a team historian. Now, when 89 rolls around, actually, you know, the, the 3, 88, 89, and 90, yes. First of all, how did you feel about it? Because now you're watching somebody else, same same franchise, but under different management. And I thought the thing that was interesting about it, and I'd like you to talk about it for a few minutes, was mm-hmm. that A's team was like an it was like an incredible mix, like an all star team, you know, from pers- mm-hmm. from a personnel standpoint. And yet that seventy A's team, you know, and when I say seventy, I mean these the, the, that three year run, they yes. played better as a team regardless of individual statistics. 
Well, yes, exactly. In fact, um, Sandy Alderson was the GM then. Now, Sandy, when Sandy was brought in to the front office, eighty, it was eighty-two. Dad, he, Dad was asked if Sandy could shadow him, go places, you know, go everywhere and watch how he handled things. And I remember Dad told me that Sandy was full of questions about how he did it. Um, questions about Charlie because they'd never he'd never met Charlie, and uh, Dad said he was very eager, very eager to find out what our formula was. And uh, Dad said, you know, that's not something you can really just put into words. But when that happened, I remember Dad saying, oh, "Okay, Sandy is doing his best here." You know, that was something that was not surprising to Dad because it was Sandy Alderson doing it. Yeah. And he knew he was he knew the thing he wanted most of all was to match our record and go go more forward. So um, but it was very fast. I remember dad saying that he just hoped it wasn't too fast. Yeah, I think your dad would have liked Billy Bean because Billy Bean has been able to do some of that where you lose a key player and, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to go out and find that right replacement. And I remember watching Moneyball and thinking, well, this is great, but this isn't this isn't necessarily new. I mean, that's kind of how you guys ran the, the team back in, in the days. <laughs> that's what, you know, that's what that got to me because dad passed away in 2002. I had no idea what was going on because I hadn't kept up with the A's. I thought Bean was a team manager. Um, and I started hearing a lot about a G, the GM title. So finally, someone told me about the book. And I found out that it was about that year, but they lost. So I thought, well, why is that a book? I mean, it was really <laughs> confusing to me. So I realized that the book was made into more of a motivational Wall Street type of story. Uh, where you can make money on players, uh, buying and selling, I guess. So the, I guess the difference with us would be that we kept the team together more um, with core players, but we still traded. Um, the reason Jack uh, Lane was fired, Frank Lane, was because Charlie said no trades to the Yankees, and Lane did it anyway behind his back. So, But, but with Billy Bean, um, I really – didn't know much about that. I do remember I didn't read where it compared, where it talked about us in the beginning of the book, which was odd. And I thought, well, does he know about us? Um, but yet, you know what I realized? That was genius marketing. Their ad agent, whoever that was, turned the loss around. They turned it around and made it um, something people talked about. Right, right. Um yeah, that would. I mean, really, I know Charlie would have appreciated that. Well, and the game is different now. He, I'm sure they'd be amazed at what these franchises are worth. And you know, even having something oh. like you as a consultant on the history of the team, that was just something that didn't exist back in in that time. And uh, I think I it's know. great. I think it's really important. Certainly, as as the team is having a pretty good season this year. You don't want to lose that history. It's such an important part of yeah. uh, uh, you know. Of the whole mm -hmm. feeling of the franchise. Well, I think Dave Caval for that. That's the CEO who was brought in in 2017. And to me, he reminds me, he sees marketing like Charlie did. Mm -hmm. he, nothing, there's nothing that's too outrageous or silly for him. He understands it. 
Yeah, it's fun with it, and and that's fun. That's fun for a fan base because not every year is going to be a winning year. So, it, you know, th- there's something yeah. to that. I think, and it does. It does. Now, with us, uh, we want. Okay, we let me see. When Charlie was on the cover of Time magazine is when I was uh, invited to join the adults socially, and I was still in high school. But see, that was post divorce for Charlie. So, um, I think. If if mothers had been around, that would not have happened. But that opened my eyes to a lot. I remember as a teenager, Charlie could keep going at 3 a.m., and I was tired. I didn't know where he got his energy. But he made me a VP at the age of 16 at, a di- at our dinner, our private dinner at a restaurant once. He told Dad he liked what I had to say about we were just brainstorming. And after Charlie flew back to Chicago, Dad demoted me. But Dad did not. Dad did not want my name in the press at all because we had a lot of kidnap threats. Really? Oh yes! Oh yes! Wow. And uh, well, Dad, where, worked, where did that come from? People, are they crazy fans, or where did that come from? Well, remember that was dear. Well, seventy-four was Patty Hearst, I that's think. That's right. That's right. Yes, and that, there were several kidnappings. We, in fact, I had to be left kept out of school the whole fall of seventy-three through January seventy-four, because when uh, Marcus Foster was assassinated, he was the superintendent of Oakland schools. The word was Dad had friends with the FBI who said Charlie was number one on their list, but they couldn't find him. And so they chose Foster. So Dad was advised to keep me out of school. And so Dad would um, say I was being homeschooled, which gave me a lot of education being where I was. And um, so there were also people who called into the switchboard that they were going to shoot people during the game. And what Dad did is he would have... FBI people show up to the game for, you know, watch a game, get a free ticket and be there. And then he would have police not in uniform attend. He was giving tickets to all these people, sheriffs, you name it. Makes sense. uh, Yes, yes. So things were very safe out there. Have you guys ever tried to make the case? Because I think you could, and I'll end it with this, but I think you could make the case that your dad could belong in the Hall of Fame because I don't think there's anybody that did so many different job uh, duties than your dad. And it's really unique. Thank you. you. And he did them well. I mean, the team won. And Coming up, our last moments with Nancy Finley, who tells us about those incredible Oakland A's teams from the 1970s. Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home. And I've got just the place to help you do that. The place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads has over 35 years of experience buying collections of sports cards, memorabilia, bobbleheads, toys, action figures, comic books, Hot Wheels, Star Wars, movie posters, and more. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, 310-534-4180. Make sure to search for Sports RACX wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Sports Rockin' Tours with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Talk Media Network.
And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. The IMDb summary gives you an idea of the troubling territory that Monsters Ball inhabits. A racist prison guard re-examines his attitudes while falling in love with the African-American wife of the last prisoner he executed. Who would want to see that? You do. Uncompromisingly, the film introduces us to its characters as the despicable beings they are. True, terrible things happen to them. But we cannot help but know that the unpleasant nature of their lives has been brought upon them by their own attitudes and actions. And then, through the course of the film, we enter the lives of our protagonists. We learn where they have come from, and a fragile empathy emerges. This film works, despite all conventional wisdom, in no small part through masterful acting. Halle Berry, Heath Ledger, Billy Bob Thornton, and Peter Boyle all play understated one minute and chew the scenery the next, contributing masterfully. A viewer will also dearly appreciate the respect that the storytellers have for their audience. There is a moment toward the end where the film calls out for a Hollywood on-screen resolution of a conflict newly introduced. Here, however, the filmmakers allow the moment to fade without condescendingly feeding the audience its resolution. At that moment, Monster's Ball becomes perfect. Indie Film Minute, not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Medicare rules are confusing. They should be. There are over 130,000 pages of regulations. There's Part A through D, Medicare Advantage, and Medigap. According to the CMS, there are government programs available that can help you pay for your medical expenses. Choosing the right Medicare plan is a really big deal. The wrong choice can cost you a lot of money, and the right choice can put more money in your pocket. Call one of our licensed representatives today. At 65 Plus Medicare, our free service can show you a plan that will maximize your Medicare benefits, ensure you are taking advantage of all available government assistance programs, and save you money. Plus, call right now and get a free report on how to avoid costly Medicare mistakes. Call now. 800-253-8126 That's 800-253-8126 When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see. And there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to know about Las Vegas from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? That is the case. (laughs) Yes. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. Hey, Bugsy, you hear the news about Vinny? Yeah, it's a real shame he owed money to the IRS and they finally cut up with him. Just like Al Capone. If the IRS can get to Capone, imagine what they can do to little old Vinny, huh? Poor cat, he was on top of the world, then bada-boom, bada-bing. What Vinny needs now is an offer he can't refuse. Hey, you got a tax problem? Does the IRS claim you owe them a bunch of dough? They can get you too. So call the tax relief line now and learn if you qualify to negotiate your $10,000 plus IRS tax debt for up to a 75% savings. Don't be like Al or Vinny and get busted. Make this free call now. Learn how you may be able to pay the IRS less. Call now. 866-657-8517. 866-657-8517. That's 866-657-8517. 
Sports Rockin' Tours continues. Here again, Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Sports Rockin' Tours. You're listening to Nancy Finley sharing memories from the Oakland A's under Charlie and Carl Finley. You heard a lot of complaints about mm-hmm. Charlie, but you never heard complaints about, about uh, your exactly. dad. And I think that's that says a lot about your dad. Exactly. When I, I was invited to speak and present at the Hall of Fame in August 2017, and that's when I thought I learned that you don't have to be a player or owner to be in the Hall of Fame. So I thought, wait a minute, Dad needs to be here because what other front office person or person involved in baseball did as much as he did? And and Dad has the gold-plated lifetime pass when he retired. Charlie never received that. And so I'm just so I have sent several letters. The Hall of Fame said they like uh, to receive uh, notices or or suggestions, hard copy, no internet. So I have sent uh, my suggestion to them in several letters, giving all of the um, everything Dad did, uh, just with a suggestion that he need, Dad needs to be in the executive category definitely because I don't know anyone else who could match what he did. He had the freedom though because Charlie depended more and more on him. Yeah, and, and and the Billy Martin thing at the end was it was a, a just a, a sign of sheer brilliance because at that oh, time I don't think there was anything else you could do to to, mm-hmm. to make that so valuable. So that was great. The yeah. the book is Finley Ball: How Two Baseball Outsiders Turned the Oakland A's into a Dynasty and Changed the Game Forever. It's a wonderful book. It's these stories and many Thank many you. more. Nancy, thing. How do they get it? I guess Amazon the easiest way. Amazon now, it's been in Barnes & Noble and other bookstores, but right now I would say Amazon's the best way to go. We will do that, and we hope to have you on again. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, I would Nancy. love it. Thank you for having me. Before the A's dynasties of the 1970s, the 60s were an exciting time in the world of Oakland sports, thanks to the Raiders, one of the 10 teams of the American Football League. It was an exciting time for football fans, and that's the topic of our next conversation. Are you one of those lucky people that knew what you wanted to be from the earliest age and actually did it? Well, we've got somebody on today who's living the dream, and probably a dream of a lot of yours as well. His name is Sal Miorana. You know him if you're from the uh, northeast of the country. He works for the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle. He's been there for over 25 years and one of the fine journalists that covers the Buffalo Bills. We're going to talk a little about that, but we want to talk more about his website, which is salmoriana.com, and it's S-A-L-M-A-I-O-R-A-N-A.com. If you love history, sports history, you're going to really love this. Well, Sal, first of all, I want to talk about your website because I think it's fascinating. I love all this stuff. I mean, you have things that aren't even sports-related. You've got uh, short story fiction in there, 1968, a historical novel, which is a great read. Uh, Remember When, which talks about events in sports. People will love that. But the one that really grabbed me, and it makes sense to somebody that's been watching the Bills for a while, is the AFL, 1962-1969, a retrospective. Uh, I grew up as a little kid watching the AFL, loving it. Uh, and, and you talk about everything on there, including some of the little details that I had forgotten about. So uh, first of all, how, is it because of the, your knowledge of the bills and stuff that kind of brought about what almost seems like a love of that league, which was such an interesting time in uh, sports history? Yeah, that really was the, the genesis of it. I mean, I'm, I'm 50 
eight as of next week. So I, I missed really as a, as a kid like you, uh, I didn't really get to see much of the AFL. My first game I ever attended as a kid with my dad was actually the first year that they had merged the leagues in 1970. So I never even went to an AFL game live. I saw a couple on TV in 68, 69, but I was a little kid. But as a sports, uh, I'm, my, my hobby is sports history. And then obviously, you know, I've been a sports writer forever, and I've always wanted to be a sports writer since I was a kid. So I always had the interest in research and going back and reading about really all sports. But the AFL has just always been kind of captivating to me. Again, growing up as a Bills fan, all my family's from Buffalo, and just having the roots in that league since 1960, it always, like I said, it was so interesting to me. So when I went back to do all the research, um, I just, I loved it. It was just so fun. It was such a fun league, and, you know, it just bucked the odds. No one gave it a chance, and it ended up, you know, becoming, you know, a real rival to the NFL, and it forced the merger, which turned the NFL into, you know, arguably the greatest sports league in the world. No apologies to English soccer fans, but the NFL, I think, is, has kind of got it. So it, it was just a great, fun time in football. It really changed the game. And I just wanted to do as deep a dive as I could into the history of the league. Well, and that's what really is interesting about this is it really is a deep dive. It's not just a, uh, a glance. But I want to—I know one of the things you talk about are great games of the past, and you have like all of them there. I want to give you my two favorites, see what you think of them. Uh, one of them was way before my time, and that was the 1962 championship, which a lot of weird stuff happened, but it seemed like that was kind of the AFL's moment that kind of matched the, what, what the NFL had experienced back in 58 with the Giants in overtime. They had an overtime in their championship, and that was a pretty exciting game. Yeah, it was, uh, it was one of the key moments in AFL history. It was double overtime. They actually, the Texans went on to win in the sec- early in the second overtime, and that was also the last game they ever played as the Texans. The team moved to Kansas City the next year because the Cowboys, you know, the Cowboys and Texans came in at the same time, and Dallas fans, you know, naturally navigated to the NFL. So the Texans and Lamar Hunt, he couldn't make it go there in his hometown. So he moved the team to Kansas City, which obviously has gone on to be a great success story. But that game obviously is famous for the Abner Haynes uh, coin toss gap. In fact, I just, the, the story is, I think it's either up on the website or it's about to go up on the. I think it's about to go up on the website, and I think next week I'm scheduling it for that. Um, that was the game where he screwed up the coin toss. They had the, the, the Texans won the toss, but there was a fierce wind blowing that day, and Hank Stram had said, "You know, we want the wind at our backs," and he mistakenly gave the wrong instructions to the referee. And what happened was um, they did, not only didn't get, get the ball, but they had to go into the wind in the first overtime. So it almost cost him the game, but it ended up working out well. They won the game in overtime, or double overtime. And he said a lot about Hank Stram because he could have really let Abner Hayes have it, but he knew Hayes was an important player, and, and you know he, he kind of understood it. He felt bad about it, and they did overcome it. And I think that kind of set up Stram for you know one of the two, two guys that actually coached through the entire AFL. Yeah, I mean, Stram was, he was a player's coach. I think a lot of people knew that, and he was also so photogenic and – uh, everyone's seen that. Everyone's seen the video on NFL Films of him during the Super Bowl. But that's just who he, who he was. And there's actually, I think, I found a film clip, and I think there, it actually shows Hank Stram putting his arm around Haynes. I mean, he basically knew he screwed up, 
and he kind of said, okay, look, <laughs> you screwed up. Let's move on from it and go win the game. And I'm glad they did because that would have been Abner Haynes. Right, right would have been forever had they lost the game. At least it ends up being kind of a silly footnote to the to the victory that they had. That, that's really true. And, you know, you talk about Hank Stram, and I remember I grew up as a little kid going to Oakland Raiders games in the AFL. I was a little, little kid, but I remember those. And Stram was the enemy at that time. But just like you say, he was such a photogenic guy and really a good part for the league. The second game I want to talk to you about, that, that I was actually there was the Heidi game. And I think that was an important thing, too, because, you know, it involved the two most exciting teams of the time, the Jets and the Raiders. But it also showed just how far football had come because nobody could have imagined how angry people were when they found out they weren't yeah. going to see their get the end of the game. Well, you are the, uh, the second person, Steve, that I know who was at that game. So congratulations. I was good friends with uh, the former, um, a former writer, who was who covered that game for New, for the New York media, and you're the second person now that I know who was there. <laughs> Pretty fascinating. That's that's something to hang your head on, Steve. Because that was one of the most memorable games in history, and and really kind of for all the wrong reasons. It was too bad because the Raiders had that great comeback that a nobody saw, but b nobody kind of even remembers that that was a great comeback that they had because yeah. of the Heidi, you know, the NBC mishap. So yeah, it's one of the most famous games in football history. And uh, yeah, that'll be coming up. I'm, I'm doing. I'm going chronologically, and there will be a whole post, uh, obviously, on that game. Uh, probably not for a couple months here, because we're going. Uh, we're going up until February with that part of the website. More with sports writer and historian Sal Mayorana in just a moment. You're listening to Sports Rock and Tours with Steve and Mangie, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Okay, Sean, we need to talk about our training budget. We're spending almost $1,500 per employee each year. What's the plan? Well, ma'am, 42% of companies are saying that e-learning has led to an increase in revenue. What does that do about the travel expense? E-learning allows employees to learn wherever they are. Then we need to consider the time away from production. I heard that e-learning takes up to 60% less employee time than traditional classroom training. Perfect. Let's find a curriculum company, a development company, a learning management software company. Actually, Epsilon XR specializes in end-to-end learning solutions with tools such as instructor-led training, online classrooms, simulations, virtual and augmented reality, and curriculum development. Get Epsilon XR on the phone. Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-280-1876. 800-280-1876. 
800-280-1876. That's 800-280-1876. Holy Gentle Giants dog food, Batman. I'm Burt Ward, Robin from the Batman TV series. I was the caped crusader, and now I'm the canine crusader. After rescuing and feeding 15,500 dogs for 23 years, my wife and I created a natural, low-fat, heart-healthy, made-in-America dog food and special feeding and care program designed to help all dogs live amazingly longer, healthier, happier lives. Our dogs are living as long as 27 healthy, active years. Yours can, too. That's twice their normal lifespan and triple for some breeds. Would you like your dog to live as long as 27 years and still be active and healthy? Gentle Giants Dog Food is complete nutrition for all dogs and puppies, all ages and sizes, and is different from other dog foods without the greasy coating and high fat content that can shorten your dog's life. Try our Gentle Giants life-enhancing dog food for the longer, healthier, happier life of your dog. This is Sports Rockin' Tours on Talk Media Network. Now, here again, Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Sports Rockin' Tours. You're listening to sports writer Sal Mayorana, the creator of SalMayorana.com, the place where sports history lives on. You know, and, and you said that you hadn't gone to a game until they had actually merged, but War Memorial Stadium, as I recall, was a place – you talk about passion. The Buffalo Bill fans, and I guess they still are to this day, one of the most passionate fan bases in all of football. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, when the Bills got good in the, in the AFL, it was a struggle the first couple of years for the Bills before Lou Saban and Jack Kemp, uh, even Cookie Gotras, by the time he got there, um, they struggled. They couldn't draw flies. That place was a dump in 1960, so you can imagine there was a dump when it closed in 72. Jack Kemp, before he passed away, I had a long talk. I wrote a book about, well, I've written several books about the Bills, but the first one I did um, called Relentless, he told the story of, you know, whenever he played bad, he knew the cans were coming. So it it was a fun place for the players. Well, Kemp was a great player. That was one of the things that really turned the Bills around, right? Where they, you know, like you say, they got off to a rough start, but they, in the, towards the middle of the of the league, they were as dominant a team as there was. Yeah, there were there was when they won it in '64. They beat the Chargers. That was the famous, you know, Mike Stratton hit on Keith Lincoln. And there were people, you know, again, maybe it's just recency bias there, but there were people that felt they could have very easily gone and played the Browns, who won in 64, and you know, if there had been a Super Bowl, the Bills might have had a good chance to win. They, could, they had a defense that was good enough. I think that year they allowed, I think it was like 932 yards rushing all year. So there were people that felt, hey, they could go play the Browns and stop Jim Brown. Although Jim Brown was gone, but Leroy Kelly, I think, was their, was their top running back. They could have gone and beaten the Browns. I don't know. You know history will never allow us to know that for sure. But that was a great, great Bills, uh, a great, great Bills defense, and they had Cookie. Cookie was tremendous that season. It was his last year with the Bills, but that was probably a team that could have given the NFL a run for its money. Yeah, I think so too. And Cookie Gilchrist was a great player. Had some personal issues, but uh, really a fine football player. Yeah, he almost sent the team off the rails. That was the famous year where it was his last year with the team, um, and he was an off the field enigma, just to put it mildly. And he got aggravated uh, when they lost. They were nine and zero. They lost to the Patriots, and he refused to go back on the field late in the first half. He was pissed off, and and Saban then got pissed off at him. And after the game, he cut him. And if it had not been for Jack Kemp and Billy Shaw, 
two of the great players in AFL history, you know, basically begging Saban to take them back because it would have possibly ruined their season. Uh, the Bills might not have gone on and won it all that year. But Saban acquiesced. He took them back. And Cookie, you know, told the line the rest of the year, had a great, you know, championship game, and then they traded him the next year. You know, it's interesting you mentioned the 64, because I've heard that as well. And I know 63, the Chargers were an outstanding team that year. They won big. Uh, they beat the Patriots for the championship. And some people, you know, they had said that they wanted to play the Bears, you know, and of course the Bears weren't going to do that. But do you think the AFL had gotten, even that early, competitive with the NFL? I mean, it really wasn't until they signed the NBC TV contract where they knew they could keep up with them financially. But do you think they were that good, or is that just a couple of, uh, you know, cities uh, kind of feeling their oats? But if they'd have actually played the game, they might have had some real difficulties. Yeah, it would have been interesting. I know that Sid Gilman, who obviously coached the Chargers, I think pretty much their whole time in the AFL. I'm not sure if it was all 10 years, but I think it was. And he was convinced that his 63 team not only was the champion that year, but he felt that was the best team in AFL history. Now, who knows? Who knows if that's true or not? There were some good teams that won champ, like I said, the Bills 64 team, who beat that Chargers team two years in a row. Uh, But he claimed that that 63 team might have been the best team in the 10-year history of the league now could they have gone and beat the bears well i don't know i mean the bears had a great defense the nfl was much more known for defense at that time and the chargers had that electric offense so it would have been a fascinating game but like i said i think that i think the Bills teams in the mid 60s would have given the nfl champion a good game and then obviously the jets and the and the chiefs at the end of the decade beat the nfl in the super bowl so yeah, there's probably something to it. I, I think the first three years, Steve, the AFL could not compete with the NFL. They did not have the players. Um, you know, they were getting you know second half or uh, you know secondhand guys and scraps mm. off the off the junkyard pile. But as that league started to grow, they were starting to get draft picks who were coming in and choosing to play for the AFL, and the teams did get better. But yeah, I, I would say the first three years, no chance. But after that, perhaps. You're listening to Sports Rock and Tours, and we're speaking to Sal Mayorana, the creator of SalMayorana.com, the place where sports history lives on. So let's end one on this point. People always wonder, you know, how how was the AFL able to do it? And like nobody else has been able to do it. Now the NFL is such a behemoth. I, I think it's almost an impossibility. But what do you think the key was? I mean, obviously, I think the biggest thing was they had guys with money that were able to take the huge losses at the time that uh, was required to keep that league going. What, what, what do you think? And what do you think made the difference overall? Yeah, I think, you know, when they started, you know, the Foolish Club, as we all know, the eight original owners. I mean, Ralph Wilson paid $25,000 for his franchise. And his family estate sold it for $1.4 billion after he passed. <laughs> so that was a pretty good investment. Yeah, um, But, yeah, they had guys at that time who obviously had big money. Baron Hilton, you know, of the Hilton Hotel chain, the Sun was one of the guys. Lamar Hunt was a you know a multimillionaire in oil. So was Bud Adams in Houston. Ralph Wilson had made his money, his family money, and a, di- a bunch of different things, trucking and insurance. So they had money, which you need, but they also had money that they could blow. Right? right. I mean, there were financial <laughs> losses the first few years, and these guys um, were able to survive. A couple guys didn't. You know, Harry Wismer had to get out of New York, and Sonny Werblin took over. So there were a couple rough situations, but in general, the key players in that league had money to burn and they could survive the first few years, which was the problem with other rebel leagues in the past that tried to take on the NFL. They just weren't financially back strong enough. 
they play for a couple of years, and then they would fold because there was no money. These guys were well-heeled, and they were able to survive the early years and made the AFL what it became. Last question. You think part of it was, too, that until the very end, there were eight franchises, and then a couple and the Bengals and the Dolphins came in right at the end. But when you think of it, a lot of these leagues, I see like the USFL and the WFL, they were expanding, moving around. There was a certain stability, and I guess you got to give Lamar Hunt really credit for that. That They didn't have play, people jumping all over. They weren't adding and subtracting franchises, and that allowed them that patience because they had the money to survive. Oh, absolutely. I think that was the key, is they were. They were very stable through the years. You had the one franchise shift with Dallas to Kansas City, uh, but otherwise that was it. The only other one was right at the top, because Minnesota was supposed to be one of the original eight, and they ended up bailing, so the league went to Oakland. They luckily found a, a new partner in Oakland. But everything, you're right, everything was stable, except for the one franchise shift, and then the Jets, you know, the Titans to the Jets, had an ownership shift, and they were able to you know, stay the course. And then when it was the right time to expand, first it was Miami, then it was Cincinnati, but having a 10-team league, that was manageable. You know, there was nothing crazy. The WFL, you're right, they had too many teams. There were too many markets that were never going to make it, and it brought the entire league down, and the AFL never fought that. So that was a, it was a great business plan that Lamar Hunt, you know, concocted originally, and then the, the, all, all the eight owners uh, followed suit, and it, it enabled the league to, I mean, there's no doubt, that was the most successful, you know, rebel league in sports history, right? The ABA yeah. had a nice little run, the WHA had a nice little run, but the AFL was really the standard bearer for the league to take on the big league. And it was it was a great marriage in the end. Well, and that's why people really do have to go to your website because you're talking about these great players. And, again, these were guys that got a chance to really excel and so forth. And people, you know, it even took a lot of guts for guys like Lance Allworth to go ahead and test in Billy Cannon. Yeah, money's on the line, but they were really taking a risk. So I think you captured that beautifully. Sal, let's tell people how they can go on there. What do they need to do? It's free. Oh, yeah, it's it's free. It's just my name, as you said, Sal Mayorana, S-A-L-M-A-I-O-R-A-N-A.com. And it's, it's, it's on the Mighty Networks platform. And you just go there, and you can sign up to be a member. It's free. Uh, they have a great app that's also free. You download it. And I'm posting content uh, typically about twice a day, um, sometimes three. But I think people are really enjoying it. There's a great diversity of, you know, all different sports. I'm a big baseball fan, Steve, so I'm a Yankees fan, so I have a Yankees project that's running concurrently with the AFL project. But I think people are going to find something different there every day. And uh, like I said, it's my passion. It's my hobby. Not my job, it's my hobby, which is fun. And uh, people that are, I've got about 440 members now, which is nice. Nice start for just a couple months. And uh, people are loving it. So, yeah, if, if your listeners are out there, um, please sign up and uh, join the group. We will. And if you like hockey, too, he has a great thing on the Buffalo Sabres. And it's, it's another one of those great towns uh, in, in the world of hockey. So, Sal, thank you so much. We hope to have you on again. Sure, Steve, whenever you want. Follow us on all social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Maggi.
You are cheap. No, I'm not. You are cheap. No, I'm not. You are cheap. No, I'm not. You are cheap. Well, maybe I am. If you're buying a diamond ring for your wife, it's not cool to be cheap. If you're buying airline tickets, oh, it's very cool to be cheap and called Trip Amigo, where you can fly anywhere in the world and save up to 75% on over 500 airlines and 300,000 hotels, plus rental cars and vacation packages. Visit family, friends, or go on a once-in-a-lifetime vacation. Go ahead, be cheap. We have special fares we're not allowed to publish. When you book your airline reservations with Trip Amigo, you'll spend your travel money when you get there, not by getting there. Call Trip Amigo now and mention the travel code AMIGO and save even more. Call Trip Amigo now. 800-772-4165. 800-772-4165. That's 800-772-4165. Want to be a movie producer? Faith Wins is an exciting new screenplay. It's a rags to riches, back to rags, back to riches, onward to redemption story. Written by longtime comedy greats Rich Natoli and John Pate, Faith Wins is the feel-good story of the year, with proceeds of the film to benefit homeless people and homeless animals in Las Vegas. But we need your help to get the movie made. Go to GoFundMe.com and type in Faith Wins in the search box. GoFundMe.com and type Faith Wins in the search box. Homelessness is a big, big problem in the U.S. Let's put the spotlight where it belongs and make a real difference together. Go to GoFundMe.com and type Faith Wins in the search box. We can do this because Faith Wins. Do you need to sell your home? If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. There are new ways to sell your home that you've never heard of before. Did you know there are companies who will offer you cash for your home? Did you know you could trade in your home for a new one? Did you know there are realtors who will sell your home for a flat fee instead of an expensive commission? It's true. Sold.com services are free. So if you're looking to sell, make this free phone call right now and learn how your next home sale can be faster and easier than you ever thought possible. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 800-948-6826. Again, that's 800-948-6826. KSHP shows are now available on all of the major podcasting platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcast, Radiohead, and more. Simply search for KSHP on any of the major platforms and you can listen to past episodes of all your favorite KSHP programs, including Sports Rock and Tours.